Hi, Samson. How are you? Good morning. Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on Menswear by Woman podcast. I've, I, I can't tell your work is amazing. Um, your menswear range is absolutely beautiful. Um, the colours oh, you use you. and how you actually bringing in your the culture of African prints and everything in it. It's, it's nothing out there in menswear that you're doing like this. You know, there's nothing out there at all. So congratulations. I think it's a a wonderful thing what you're doing amazing amazing thank you so much thank you thank you thank you i'm glad it's finally being appreciated um getting noticed and recognized and you know i'm just keeping it moving because i think there needs to be the room for a different angle and a different take on menswear and yeah. um I, I'm, when you say there's nothing out there that, that actually surprises me because there should be a number of competitors that i'm sort of striving with to kind of make that mark but you're probably right there's not as much as you might think there would be yeah in I, that kind of i probably think there there are quite loads of people out there who are doing them but not to a point where they have been given the chance to come up and show their work mm. you know what i mean and um and i and i understand that but your your collection is the prints that you use i mean i've always loved african prints um you know beautiful and the colors oh my god i'm a great fan of color <laughs> well as i've always said a life's not fully lived unless it's lived in full color absolutely so, um, yeah absolutely. You know? <laughs> my collection is not for the wallflowers or yeah. shy people out there it's for those that um want to live their best life and show people that you know be their best selves really and that's really what Saboya is all about how did it all begin anyway with, um, did you always want to be a menswear designer or a designer? Um, well, I've been a fashion stylist for uh, longer than I care to remember. And <laughs> I, I still am a stylist. Right. And um, in 2012, we had the London Olympics. So yeah. I basically wanted to celebrate the African nation's mm -hmm. um, participation in the Olympics. So I just came up with an idea to make a few African print shirts. Right. And I made like 50 um, that year. Well, that, well, I think the month, when, when did the Olympics start? Was it in June or something? Yeah, yeah. June. Anyway, so I made 50 shirts in June. By the end of that month, I'd sold the whole 50 of them. Wow. And, uh, and I was working with a company in Walthamstow that just all they ever did was make shirts. Right. So they basically made for every person that had a shirt brand um so they they've actually since closed down but um they they were a little bit like freaked out because they had never done african prints or anything they, they just made basic shirts stripes yeah. plain poplins and then i came through and oddly enough they had a couple of nigerian women that worked in this um handmade shirt factory right. and they loved oh, seeing them and they, they they made them real quickly and they said oh this guy must be you know african or nigerian or something so we we recognize all these prints and then um i got a loan from a friend who had bought one um a, a female friend who actually has a shop uh in in Marylebone, and um she gave me like a loan and i made like another thousand of them by the end of that year i'd sold three thousand wow and um people were buying pieces or demanding pieces to go with the shirts and then we made some trousers and we made a jacket and it became a full-on three-piece suit in the matching print 
And then women were buying lots of the pieces. So then there was a skirt, there was a dress, there was a jumpsuit. Before I knew it, I had a full-on collection of African print, uh, men's and women's wear, um, which we showed two consecutive years at Lagos Fashion Week. And then the following year at um, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in Berlin. Wow. And yeah. And I've been showing since then at Lagos Fashion uh, London Fashion Week, Africa Fashion Week London, um, since 2016. Why haven't you been approached by London Fashion Men's? It's um, a really good question. I wish you could answer that for me. I've actually applied twice and they've um, refused me. And what and their, and their reasons were? Uh, what was it? Oh, yes. The reason was that I'm not stocked in six stockists. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, really. That was the reason. Yeah, you apparently you need uh, six stockists to even apply. Mm -hmm. If I had yeah. six stockists, I wouldn't need to apply. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> <what> I mean? <laughs> and the whole point of showing exactly. is to get six stockists. Well, they're still doing that I kind of crap, are they? They're still doing that yeah, kind of rubbish, are they? Kind of, oh, okay. Yeah, they still are. Yeah. And, and, and it was kind of weird because I know some people that are, are showing and mm -hmm. they do not have six stockings. Um, I know that as well. I, I seriously know that as well. So I, I, I'm right. quite, I mean, uh, I'm quite shocked that they actually, not shocked, nothing shocks me about those kind of um, organisations whatsoever. Um, but I'm just, you know, that's what I'm saying. If they don't give you a chance, how, I mean, me finding you on Instagram was the way I found you. So, and, I, and I've been following you for some time. And um, and I to be honest, I was like, I need to get him on my podcast. But I thought to myself, he's going to say no. <laughs> he's going to say no. You don't. And I'm so grateful to you, Samson, for saying yes. Why would I say no? I, I don't know. You no? know this kind of thing, like because when you're starting your podcast, you're thinking, oh my god, everyone's going to say no. But it's been absolutely amazing where everyone said yes. <laughs> so I am really, really honoured that you've actually come on board. Actually because i love well, your stuff you. and i don't know what's thank wrong with london fashion men's um um if they then well don't worry when i actually put it on instagram i will tag them so don't worry yeah um <laughs> it's kind of weird because um i've sort of not not that i've moved away because i love the african print and yeah. i've done my some of my own prints and i've there's a myriad there's thousands of thousands of prints i mean i only took touch the tip of the iceberg of yeah. how much things I can do with it um and, and, and I, during lockdown I've kind of made lots of things that were not print I've worked with an Indian embroiderer in right. um based in Delhi and Mumbai mm -hmm. and I've come up with some amazing amazing clothing in fact lockdown was actually good for Saboye because we really had time to really develop the brand yeah. develop new pieces and really go deep into the design of what I'm doing yeah so um and and one of the factories I work with here um they're based in Walthamstow they actually um they were, they were making lots of PPE and masks during lockdown they were open throughout the whole time and then got a phone call one day just to say look we're open if you want to come in and do some new samples yeah. and Literally everything that's in my shop since I've reopened is completely new and made during lockdown. So what normally took me three weeks to get made was taking three days. So wow. I had a whole new collection of beautiful stuff that was um that was um completely designed and quickly made within that year of lockdown. 
and also some of my fabric suppliers um we were kind of like undercover under radar they were opening just for me to come and buy fabric right um so I've got loads of great fabrics and they were reducing the price. I've got lots of things that were from the Chanel mill and old designer stock um, that would have been three or four times more the price. And I was able to buy it really um, using redundant stock to make the Saboye, the new, well, I've called it Saboye Luxe. So it's got a new edge on, on, on the design. And I've used like the African print as linings or, or, or stripes or so in different areas. So it doesn't, it's not all a overwhelmingly African print. So yeah, I'm just busy trying to get it all photographed, but it's been received really well. And um, I can't really wait to do a really big launch. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think I'm gonna just make myself so visible that African um, London Fashion Week will not be able to um, escape me or miss me. And they'll be begging for me to show it there, menswear. <laughs> that's the fire <laughs> that's the fire you know keep going keep going Seven, yeah. you know um i wanted to ask you a bit about your creativity how do you begin with um designing the collection and all that um well the kind of the fabric is the 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 inspiration right so that's the starting point and the kind of fabrics that i choose i mean after design battles won by the choice of fabrics. So that is the inspiration, that's the initial start. And then I, I, um, I mean, I kind of let the fabric speak to me. They right. tell me what, or dictate what can be made from it. And then once I've got that, um, I, I'm a complete um, fabric magpie. I, I just, I have tons and tons of fabrics. We've got color, print, texture, I'm all over it. So that's where it begins. And I look at, um, shapes i mean i kind of have me as my muse right so samson is my muse i design with me in mind certainly for the menswear yeah um and i kind of a lot of the women's wear is, is sort of like on masculine lines yeah uh, so you know and i guess we're moving into a sort of gender neutral gender fluid arena so i've had a yeah. lot of men by the women's and vice versa so um i'm trying to not be so categorized i'm just buying or oh, making saboya clover and you can wear it how you want when you want in whichever way you want style it up down whichever way around you want to so i'm just making clothes that people can be fully expressive in mm -hmm. that kind of um mirror their lifestyles and their own uh version of self-expression so you know i've got jumpsuits in it i've got suits that um uh, I've got reversible jackets, reversible hoodies, lots of different mm -hmm. items. It's a full collection now. So, um, yeah, basically the best it's been to date. Has it been hard starting up? It has been hard. I can't lie to you. It's been a difficult journey. But it's, um, when you say about the fire, I mean, the fire is always burning. So it's, it's yeah. I, I, I um can't sleep for ideas all the time i'm inexhausted ideas yeah. and my kind of um situation is that i can't just draw it or imagine it or take a picture or find a picture that inspires i have to make it once the idea is in my head it's obsessive i have to see it fully formed created mm. made in 3d um so yeah i mean it's an overpopulation of, of, of styles so um 
but that's the only way I can work. So I'm trying to train myself to imagine it, um, draw it, and not have to completely make it up um, to, to, to move forward. Um, kind of working, mm-hmm. um, but we're not there yet. So I'm still <laughs> in hyperactive <laughs> production mode, <laughs> producing samples <laughs> and working out which works and how it works and how I'm going to sell it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's all good though. I'm just exhausting all the ideas as, as much as I can so I can um, keep, because I think there's going to be a point where I'm uninspired or not feeling it anymore and then I can sort of worry about something else to do but whilst I'm in this free flow mode yeah. I'm just making as much as I can <laughs> while the finances allow obviously <laughs> exactly you know who's your favorite uh, menswear designer Samson mm. Alexander McQueen one? McQueen yeah I can imagine um, yeah, yeah. What... he's the only designer I wear other than myself really mm-hmm. uh... we were at college same time actually were you at the, so, were yeah, you at the same yeah. time with uh, McQueen with Alexander McQueen, McQueen at the, yeah. yes he was there I must have seen MA, you at St Martin's because I was at St Martin's yeah I was there 90 to 94 I mean, yeah God, I can't believe that's what 32 years ago no, um, 20, 20 well, it, something. it was a yeah it was a different design landscape then it was the height of recession um it was kind of a bleak time to be there but at the same time creatively yeah. very inspiring because we were taught and trained to basically be self-employed yeah. um we weren't given the skills to go into industry and you know cut, cut patterns or, or design for you know the likes of max mara or <laughs> where most of the people when? that were being trained were going yeah uh, and um if you notice most of the people that were are now heading all those big Names. Brands, all yeah. the super brands, are what came from that era. So there's Stella McCartney was there, Matthew Williamson was there. I was in the um, same class as Stella. Mc- well, actually, she was a year above me in the BA at um, when I was right. uh, when I was doing my second year. And I remember um, Alexander McQueen's MA show when I was at St Martin's. Oh. Yeah, I remember I, that I remember because that. we was we were the dressers the second year. <laughs> for BA lot where we were the dressers and I remember seeing Mm -hmm. um, Alexander McQueen Um, I remember seeing John Galliano because he used to use the um, library a lot at St Martin's yeah so I wonder if I did ever come across you Hussein Chalayim was there Hussein was there who else was there at the time Um, oh god it's that guy well I knew him as um Oh, Harry, but he became Robert Louis Stevenson, I think it was the brand. But oh, yeah, there yeah. was lots of different people that were um, there from that time. In fact, it was the, well, I call it the golden era. Because yeah. it's not that, that I've recognised since then. But um, yeah, it was. I did um, fashion communication and promotion, which was FCP for short, which was the new fashion journalism course at okay. the time with the guinea pigs of that, of that, yeah and um basically there was no such thing as freelance styling before we all came out oh yes katie grand was there of course let me not forget her and um we just kind of smashed it in terms of styling it was a time where basically 
after year two of the four-year course, I was already working. I was um, doing all sorts of freelance jobs. In fact, I had an agent that was representing me by year three. So wow. I was out on videos, I was out on promo shoots, um, campaigns. I did a campaign for Yoji Yamamoto eyewear. And that was most I got paid in my whole career for one day's work. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, this is the life. <laughs> yeah, at least um, you got paid. You know, some of us did yeah, some freelance yeah. work. We never, ever got paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was really, really good. I mean, I, I was quite fastidious about getting paid. So I, 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 um, I was getting paid quite a bit. And that kind of got me through um, the last two years of um, CSM. So it was right. good. It was, it was a good time Very good. and we were coming out of recession then so it was a nice time to kind of let the creative juices flow yeah yeah i was doing my ba there at that time i think um when stella mccartney was graduating her ba oh, honors yeah. and it was so funny because her fashion show had naomi campbell <laughs> Kate Moss. Moss, yeah, Kate Moss, yeah, exactly, you know, and it was sat in the front row, so, you know, it was just hilarious, because, and then you just think, oh my god, you know, it, it, was, it was, she was a very nice, she was all right, she was nice, um, but I've, you know, I came across her, and Phoebe um, Parlo was in my class when I was doing my BA in menswear at St okay. Martin's, yeah, so we was both in the same time. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I wanted to ask you, has it been hard after leaving St. Martin's trying to find a job in the industry? Like, I've had it really tough when I left RCA trying to get a job in menswear. Um, really, really tough. I think I've, if I've climbed the Everest or Himalayas, would have been quicker, you know. Um, <laughs> why say that? Um, I, I didn't try and find work. I, I, I... Yeah was always kind of of the opinion that I'm going to work for myself. Right. Um, and literally for 15 years solid, yeah. I had a different client every week. Yep. For start. So I, I was really fortunate. I didn't, it, it never crossed my mind to look for work, to be honest. Okay. Um, uh, I did a work placement at Vogue, assisting uh, Lucinda Chambers, literally the day I left she took me on and couldn't believe that she hadn't already seen me during my time as a student because basically everybody else in my group, there were seven of us, um, had been there for work placement. And um, I don't know if, if to attribute to, to colour or race at the time, but she took me on and it was great. She let me hit the ground running and I was on a shoot pretty much every week right. for the whole time I was there. And um, there were... Stu students or interns that were there had been there for years and they've mm -hmm. not been on the shoot wow. and I couldn't understand what it, that had happened but anyway I, was, I met Mario Testino, I met Linda Evangelista, Kate Moss, N Nadja Alman, Nick Knight and literally it was like oh my god pinch myself moments every time I was out on the shoot because it was um, that time I was meeting all those supermodels and it was like what? Um, and it just seemed so normal because they, they, they just to turn up on the shoot, be shot and leave. And it was just like there were such normal people. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was a, it was a really um, fantastic time for me. In fact, I found some Polaroids from that time when I was clearing out during lockdown, which I must um, dig out again, uh, Kate Moss and uh, Amber Valletta and all these people that I'd met. So that was kind of interesting. Um, 
an era of Polaroids and film and stuff, pre-digital. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, with the freelancing work and all that stuff, when you went out to find some, was it difficult to find work as freelancer? Because I did the same. I was trying to find freelance. I did a lot of freelance work, actually, um, when I couldn't get a job um, full time because they always used to say either, you know, um, you need experience. How can you get experience if you don't give me experience? Uh, Do you know what I mean? It, it was always the same. I don't know about men, uh, women's wear. But in menswear, it was always like, you've got to get experience. I also had, you know, things thrown at me like, you know, about my culture and my race. So um, I used to always go above it because the passion for what I do and what I did for menswear was still there. So I never, ever let that kind of come in the way because I, because I love what I do. Did you ever feel that way as well when you were doing freelance work when you were trying to do uh, work? I kind of was, um, I, I guess I'd worked with such um, passion for what I was doing yeah. that I, I, I would, maybe I'd mishear the word no and think, uh, oh, you mean you don't want me right now, but come back in next week? Or you mean call you tomorrow and hassle you tomorrow? <laughs> I, mean, so I, never really, <laughs> I never really took no as an answer or... Yeah. Or, or, or um, infinite kind of shut the door, never yeah. open again. I, I took it as a, I, I was driven by it. So yeah. I thought, well, you might say no now, but you, you know, you, I'll wait a minute. And then when you see what I can do for you, you'll regret you said that. Or, you know, so I'd keep knocking on doors all yeah. the time and yeah. I'd never take a rejection as, a, as, as infinite. No, you always um, think of the other um, way, actually. Yeah, and, and, and if someone says no, then there's someone around the corner that's going to say yes. So, okay, next. Who's next? Let me try this one. And I had a really um, extensive portfolio of imagery that yeah. I'd styled. Um, yeah. I worked a lot with um, the photographers from Longacre and Gary mm -hmm. Wallace and Gavin, and they were great photographers, and they were looking for someone to work with to style their shoots so they had good contacts with model agencies so literally we were shooting every single week i went to dungeness one weekend with them right. and uh, did an amazing shoot there um i mean i'd never seen anywhere so barren and desolate in my life but it was quite exciting to shoot there um so i had a really really um professional looking portfolio from from the get-go so that helped and um I had a really good team of hair and makeup people that were all trying to get on the ladder and do their, uh, you know, expose their creativity. So yeah. that was getting work or getting imagery was, was, was so easy. Um, it's a completely different story now. You've got to provide mood boards. You've got to list who the photographer is, who the makeup team is, who the model's going to be, what looks you're putting that together. So you've literally got to put everything on paper for them, or not on paper, but on in some sort of mood board before you can even get a look in, which is very different to that day. Um, when I was working, I could turn up and there'd be a, a, um, a selection of about 10 models that they'd want me to shoot. So I was always getting paid, I was also getting paid to shoot um, new models um, and put them in looks that were sort of editorial looking so they could get work quicker. Mm -hmm. So that was all, yeah, those, all those days are long gone. It's a very different uh, landscape now for doing that kind of stuff. So what made you want to change from there to 
do your own um, label? Uh, well, the journey that took me there, basically um, 15 years of freelancing. Yeah. By the end of it, I was burnt out. Right, I thought, okay. I can't do this forever. Um, I need some... Uh, well, not that it wasn't stable, but I just needed some kind of routine, dare yeah. I say it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just thought it'd be great to kind of just um, step back a bit and, and, and exhale. Right. Uh, and I took some time out and found the studio to just work with fabrics and towards the end of when I was freelancing I was asked by several photographers to dress the sets as well as bring the clothes yeah so I was making loads of um fur blankets and fur cushions and dressing the sets so they look one particular shoot was supposed to look like um uh, a 70s den so think um Hugh Hefner from the Playboy launch um, condominium, you know, think um, 70s kind of on set kind of vibe of all luxurious furs and right. um, all sorts of 70s inspired looks, which is totally up my street anyway. So right. rest the set, everybody on the set loved it. I sold everything from it to the photographer, the model, makeup artist. I, I never ever bought anything back home with me. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. People are really liking what I'm doing on the interiors front. Before I knew it, I was selling to Harvey Nichols, um, Joyce Hong Kong, Donna Karen in New York. I, I was basically more of interiors, mm -hmm. El Deco, wallpaper. I was in all the editorials literally every month. I'd turn up um, to World of Interiors offices with a couple of pillows that'd been in the next month's issue so it was easy like that so within a year i had a completely full press book of every um cushion i'd made or every product made and i basically started a trend in luxury for soft furnishings and um then did some trade shows uh, one in paris one in um, frankfurt and one in new york and i was selling to all the best shops and then before i knew it i had a whole set sell business selling my products and then I was making some bags and accessories and small leather goods and it kind of grew from there and my studio was in Hoxton yeah. during the time that all the you know McQueen's and oh, yeah. all the new designers were, 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 were in all these um, warehouses yeah. and um, uh, so I had two studios uh, one after each other and one of them was near um, which is in Calvert Avenue where I am now. And on my way to the studio one day, I saw this shop that was open. All of that street was completely boarded up. It was Shoreditch was a no-go area. This was 90, it's about 2002 now. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was open one day and somebody was in there trying to put an installation together. And he said it was a basically a council run space they don't the space and it'd been empty for 10 years they in fact they couldn't even find the keys when i no. applied to it. <laughs> and, okay. um, and they couldn't believe that anyone would want to have a shop there so it took a year from saying i wanted it to actually moving in wow. and um so i've been in uh, calvert avenue since 2002 right and um so this year would be my 20th year 
trading in that spot. Wow. So, um, yeah, so, so then it was so I've gone back to fashion, but still doing soft furnishings as well alongside fashion. So basically it's called Saboye Fashion and Lifestyle. What's the, um, for 2022, what, what can we expect from Saboye? Uh, well, Saboye Lux is the whole brand. In, so it's, the, it's clothing, it's lifestyle, it's um, some bags, small luggage. Um, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole vibe, uh, more color, more print, um, and, and a more Saboya vision, making the world colorful, bright, and breezy. What's your favorite color, Samson? It's blue. Oh, get blue. good on you, because blue's mine as well. <laughs> oh, great. You know, every hue and every shade, I love blue. Blue, exactly. Thank you. At least there's someone out there also likes blue. Yeah. So you've got four marks One there. of my collections is called Saboye Blue. Um, yeah. So I use blue, yeah. denim blues, you've climbed blue, sky blue, every blue was used in that collection. So, yeah. And at the moment, I'm doing lots of what I call giving back. So I'm teaching a lot now. Um, okay, what are you teaching? I was teaching, basically I'm teaching students how to use their individuality, personality and um, ethnicity or heritage right. in their design. Okay, um, cool. And that's going down well. So I've done that. Uh, um, Central St. Martins, I've just been asked to go back to Winchester, which I've been working with for the last five years. Oh, wow. uh, and University of West London, which is in Ealing. And wow. um, also been asked by the Pratt Institute to be a juror on their on their um, panel. So that's all very exciting. And I'm really um, chuffed to be and delighted and, and honoured to be able to talk about my journey and also encourage the next generation Absolutely. on their journey of creativity. Absolutely. Do you think um, with our community, right, yours and mine, um, the main community do you think there is less people going into fashion now i think um i think there's probably as many right think proportionately the same amount um mm. what i do find slightly odd is that not much has changed in terms of um the opportunities yeah the you know the ethnic minority um cohort are mm. being given yeah. Um. I think it's still isolating for them, and I think it's still lonely for them. But um, yeah. you'd think post um, BLM and post um, you know, all that stuff going on, that it would be slightly different. But I mean, I think there's elements of trying to change it, trying to change the curriculum, trying to yeah. change the experience. Yeah. For 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 um, black and and brown art students, but I still got. A long, long way to go. Yeah. Um, but there are movements in the right direction, I think. What would you say to someone if they wanted to start up now? Um, and if they wanted to do something like what you're doing um, with their culture and all that? I think there's a place for everyone and um, make as much noise as you can about what you're doing. <laughs> uh, use use the social media platforms to extend the reach of what you're doing. Yeah. So I mean, it's been great that there's um, Instagram and and, and um, Facebook and all those medias to kind of promote your brand. Which is, I mean, who knew when it started that Instagram would be yeah, so influential exactly, and so know. powerful? I know. In um, and, and that's a quite a good leveler in terms of reaching, um, getting a worldwide reach because 
so many people can contact you and you can be visible to so many people. Um, before you had to have a press officer getting you in all the magazines. Yeah. Um, now that's no longer necessary. In fact, I don't think magazines do much to sell brands. I've been in Vogue numerous occasions. Yeah. I haven't had one phone call or sale as a result of it. So, I mean, it's great for the ego, but does it really <laughs> sell, sell the brand? So, um, wow. Facebook and, 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 and Instagram are far more effective in, in, in that instance. But, um, I mean, a little bit of press editorial in the magazine doesn't hurt, but you just got to know how to use it and market it and, and, and um, uh, exploit it to the fullest, really. Um, so the advice I'd give is um, try and collaborate as often as possible. Um, make sure that your identity is very strong because we don't need an also ran brand that's making t-shirts and hoodies there's enough of that representation yeah. out there already mm-hmm. um you know, have a point of view that's different and unique um there's always going to be someone out there that, that appreciates it and, and wants it and um don't let anyone tell you what what's what you find your own voice within the design world and use your voice to promote who you are what you are and where you want to go so that's been basically how i've used it and um luckily and thank god it's worked and it's working it is working it's working very well actually um quite excited about your new things coming out actually samson so i can't wait to see them actually um are you going to have a show or are you going to have a when you said your collection comes out um what's the plan on it well there's a plan it's it's um it's to show in a very um prestigious venue and i won't tell you now but okay watch this space it will will be filled um and if i can get that venue then it's it's all systems go um i've got loads of friends that are working behind the scenes to try and make that happen um i'm on my way to the factory shortly after this to look at some new samples that we've been in production for about the last month or so. And these are really And they're all made in UK, and... are they, Samson? Everything's made in UK? Um, most, I'd say 70% is UK. Um, right. I've got some made in India. That's okay. embellishment and embroidery. Right, yeah. So I'm using embellishment and embroidery um, in India. And that's a local um, person I met who's, who's based locally here, but he has uh, operations in in Delhi okay. and in yeah. Mumbai. So yeah. um, we've been working collaboratively for two years now. Right. And that's okay, great. Wow. Saren Kohli. Oh, yeah. Shout out yeah I've interviewed him as well. <laughs> Saren. <laughs> you know, he's a lovely Saren guy. Um, I've interviewed him as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's meticulous in, in, in his detail. And it's allowed me to, you know, produce a much higher, a premium piece of um, clothing. Right. Because detailing and pattern matching and um being able to to um, embellish as well so that's been great fantastic um i look forward to it all i just wanted to say thank you samson for coming on board on menswear by a woman it's been an absolute honor having you on board uh, and love it's been your a pleasure speaking to you i can't wait to meet you in person absolutely um we have to you know um and also saran as well i've never met him as well so it'd be great to meet you both actually together for a coffee or something Please That'd be great. Yeah, let's well, do that. You'll be getting a, you'll be getting a front row um, invitation. Oh, thank tomorrow. you so much. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Can't wait. I'll be like streaming it all live. You know, I can't wait. Thank you very much, Samson, for coming on board. And I know you're very, very it's been a busy. Pleasure.
Take care. It's been a pleasure. And uh, you have a good day. And if you want to uh, look me up on saboye.co.uk or um, the Instagram saboye underscore. Brilliant. So, yeah, forward to getting you guys again, speaking to you again, and uh, updating you on the developments of what I'm doing. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, have a lovely day, everyone, and have a lovely day, um, Samina. And thank you for having me.